Welcome to the Akashic Reading Podcast, presented by AkashicReading.com, the place where you can learn to access your soul's wisdom, or at least stop digging the hole any deeper. I'm your host, Terry Uctana, and today we'll be discussing symbols, symbolic communication, and how to work with them in your life. I don't know how many times I myself have gotten frustrated with spiritual messengers and their messages couched in vague imagery, hints, and symbols which could mean anything, when what I want is a simple yes or no. And I'm not alone. It's the same for my family, and for our peers, and the bigger spiritual community. So many times we're looking for a very important answer, and what we get is a picture or directions to a place which doesn't seem relevant, or we're given something that leads us to say, now what? We get shown a symbol but are left wondering what it means. We start to imbue the symbol with deep spiritual meaning only to find it's actually a wordplay for something which makes us go, no, I should have known. Or we see the same pattern repeated over and over again, ranging from random circumstances to significant events in our home life and in our bodies, but have no idea why or what we're supposed to learn. It wasn't until I started working with the Akashics that I began to understand the nature of symbolic communication. For me, the aha moment came while reading a book in the Akashic Library. This wasn't a soul book or anything about people, but a book of ancient wisdom. Once opened, the left-hand page would be a picture, which was actually a portal into the subject matter. You could see into the 3D world there. You could let yourself fall in, a la Alice in Wonderland. You could even participate with the image as if you were simply a tourist looking around at a museum exhibit or you could actually become part of the picture and be of it for a time, learning the information or lesson being imparted by the page. Then you would be returned to your seat in the library once the lesson was complete. The right-hand page would be the written text concerning the picture to the left. While it wasn't written in English, I found I could read the text if I focused on the words, but only one line at a time would be translated for me. The experience was as if a bar magnifier were being moved line by line down the page for me, which magically translated each line, but left those above and below in the original language. Periodically, throughout each text page, I would come across words which were not translated, and appeared to be letters typed over each other to make a large, dark blot on the page. When I peered at these closely, I would find they were what I described at the time as nuggets. They were compact concepts no one word could define, no translation could unpack correctly, but when peered at, the entire meaning would unfold, and I would find myself speaking rapidly trying to convey ineptly the magnitude of information being imparted to me through the linear form of spoken language. After several sessions of reading these pages and coming across nugget after nugget, it occurred to me I was reading pure symbols in their essential form. 
it was as if I were reading not the letters we put together to form the written symbol for chair, for example, but looking directly at the essential chairness of chair, and being given all of the information about all chairs which have existed since the birth of the concept of chair. A nugget is a symbol. A symbol, not as we experience them, as inert things we draw or a picture to be looked at, but as an active living thing, existing without any reference to any other being, and yet interconnected with all things, therefore wishing to connect, to communicate, to be seen, and to be known intimately and completely. When we are not embodied, when we are our true and essential selves, we communicate in this way, in thought and emotion, in symbolic form. Not in linear words trying to describe things through sound or visual cues, but through the essence of the thing itself experienced in all its nuances. We don't communicate a representation of a newly exposed red rosebud. We communicate the red rosebud in all its unique, specific, iconic, spiritual, existential self interconnected with weather, season, time of day, shade of light, and all other aspects of the moment experienced by that rosebud. Such is the nature, complexity, and depth of symbols. And this is why working with the Akashics, with dreams, and with our bodies is such a unique and subjective experience. Symbols, by their nature, have general attributes. A square is a four-sided object, a sphere is completely round, a chair has legs, a seat, and a back, a hand grips things, and feet support things, just to point to a few examples. However, this is not all they contain. Each expression of a symbol is an example of both and. They contain both the generic symbolic information and the specific information concerning that particular symbol and all it is interconnected with. Which is why dream interpretation books seem to be full of interpretations which miss the mark. Why some people fall head over heels for one person's interpretation of the universal hero's journey and others are repelled by it. Why you can go to a myriad of healers and know what they say is true and yet still not the answer to the problem, and why ten different astrologers can come up with ten different readings from your chart. When it comes to your dreams, your body, your journey in the Akashics, the nuggets you're being given are about you and for you. They are packed with tons of meaning on all levels. That meaning is for you, about you, specific to you. This doesn't mean you shouldn't seek out help and advice when you're seeking answers. We all need help in that area at times, including me. This just means you're the only one who can know if the advice and support being offered is correct. You're the final arbiter of the meaning in the message. There are plenty of books out there on dream interpretation, 
some better than others, although you never know which one will have the key to unlock the mystery you've been trying to figure out for so long. When I'm working through something, I will sometimes cruise the bookstores, going through sections which I think might have something that can help me, and I've found books I would never think to pick up, let alone buy, open to the one page which has relevant information for me. Irony. So what's a person to do? How do you start figuring this stuff out? The key to working with symbols, I found, is not to think of them as a collection of things like an encyclopedia of all symbolic forms, which you need to learn from A to Z, but as a means of communication, which provides you the high-level overview, the mid-level action plan, and the intimate experience of the symbol all at once. They show you a pattern, explain to you how the pattern is or can play out in a practical way, and point to your personal experience or the unique relevance of the pattern in your life. For example, arthritis is a general symbol of anger turned inwards, which becomes impotence, which is the high-level symbolic pattern. Arthritis develops over time, causing pain, limiting mobility, robbing joints of their primary function, warping them into unnatural shapes which serve nothing other than to halt motion, which points to a pattern of choices made in life, over and over choosing to turn inward with rage, until the life becomes crippled and seemingly immobile. Arthritis in the body develops in specific, symbolic ways, to display the direct effects of each choice on the person, on the soul, and its expression, the body. While each person who experiences arthritis will find similarities between each other and their conditions, each of them will perceive the message differently, because for each of them the symbolism is personal, intimate message written to themselves, asking when it will be enough, when the destruction can stop. Another example is someone repeatedly asking the question of their guides and the universe at large, how can I get this done? Meaning, manifesting something, resolving an important issue, moving forward with a project, etc. Every time the question is asked, the person is inundated with answers in the form of billboards and street signs and bumper stickers and even overheard conversations, all containing the statement, we can do it. This can be extremely frustrating because it doesn't seem to answer the question. It doesn't give any specifics of how the person asking can resolve the matter and can be interpreted simply as a commitment from their guides to keep helping. So on the surface, it can be perceived as a refusal to answer, or the spiritual version of a motivational poster. However, if we look at the actual symbology a little more closely, we can see that the response is a specific answer, but it's pointing to a flaw in the question. The question is a statement of I, and the response is in the form of we. Changing the question to who can help me get this done, will then provide a wealth of more detailed information that can point to what follow-up questions can help get the ball rolling. When in doubt, 
when we've reached the point where we simply can't figure out what the symbol or the message means, going into the Akashics and asking the question of our guides directly, or going to our soul book and looking up the issue, both question and answers already received, can provide a wealth of information we can actually work with. Doing so also teaches us more about symbolic communication and how to work with it in this embodied life. Once you learn, or remember, how to communicate this way, you've unlocked the door to an Akashic life. And that's all the time we have this week. Next week, we'll be exploring the embodied soul. If you're interested in knowing more, check out my website, akashicreading.com. Thanks. Bye.